Okay, so uh, thank you to our readers today. I want to start today by just reflecting a little, for those who weren't at the Good Friday service, I want to start a little bit and build um, from what we shared on that service. Um, and I just want to um, start by saying that sin, and this, this is how we, we talked about it, sin is a cycle of, of selfishness and shame. That's what it produces in us. Um, Adam and Eve, they, they, they had an option to trust themselves or to trust God, and they, they decided to go with themselves. That, that there was some, a voice whispered in their ear that perhaps God is holding out on them, perhaps He doesn't have their best interests at heart, perhaps He's holding back something from them. And they chose to reach out and take for themselves and to mistrust God. And so that's selfishness, that's, that's putting their, themselves first. And then that led to them feeling shame. It led to them hiding. Human beings went from beings that openly related to God that now keep from God. Human beings went from people that openly related to each other that now blamed each other and hid from each other. Adam and Eve were ashamed before each other and so they hid their nakedness. Um, and that cycle of selfishness and shame runs like, like, a, like, a, like a thread through Scripture. It continues with Cain and Abel. Um, and then what we see, it, it, it culminates um, in, in, the, in Jesus dying on the cross. And on, on his way to the cross, Jesus just has all these individuals put themselves first. So whether it's Judas who, who wasn't happy with the Messiah Jesus had become, and so he takes for himself, he, tr he decides to do something about it and organize his betrayal. But then as he takes for himself, as he betrays the Son of God, he's filled with shame and he can no longer live with himself and he tries to return the blood money and he, and he ends up killing himself in a field. We have Peter who loves Jesus with who seems to love Jesus more passionately than any of the disciples, say to Jesus, I will never betray you. But when, when his own life becomes in danger, he denies that he even knows Jesus. He takes for himself and betrays Jesus and leaves Jesus at his hour of need. And before that, all the disciples had already left and deserted Jesus. We have Pilate who, who didn't want to kill Jesus, but needed to keep peace because... Um, his role was to keep those Jews under control and there was a riot starting over this Jesus character. And so even though he didn't want to kill him, he, he put his own interests first and he, and he ordered his crucifixion. And he tried to deal with his shame, didn't he? He tried to cope with it by doing this, well, if I wash my hands symbolically in front of these people, maybe, maybe that kind of indicates I didn't have anything to do with this. And so, um, and I suppose... What is um, important, and this is summarizing what we talked about on Friday, is, is what is happening to Jesus here actually, on a small level, happens to all of you. All of you experience hurt and rejection at the expense of other people putting themselves first. All of you do it. it it's part of your everyday life. It's part of how the world works. Um, you know, like, if you look at a macro level, uh, poorer nations get crushed, by other nations putting themselves first. At a micro level, in the school playground, um, one of the nervous things you have sending your kids to school is because we've all been to school, and we know that there are kids who in the interest of protecting themselves can treat other kids rather meanly, like there's this thing. And, and as we live in a world 
which is full of this cycle of selfishness and shame, we get scarred and, and it separates us from each other and sometimes we exclude each other but sometimes the world and because of the rejection that this world brings, we excuse us, we exclude ourselves, don't we? We, we say we're unworthy, we're unwanted. Um, and this cycle of selfishness and shame has been humans, we experience it. We experience people put each other first and hurt us. The, yeah, there is a key difference, isn't there though? There is a massive difference because when it's us, we're part of the problem. We do it too. We've hurt. We've raised up our own interests and crushed others. When we have Jesus, we have someone who has never done it. We have someone innocent who is experiencing the violence of that cycle of selfishness and shame and is copying it freely and willingly. One of the things scripture makes really clear is that it is voluntary. There are scriptures that explicitly say that Jesus could have called upon an army. Jesus did not have to do this. He could have poured himself down off the cross. It's a choice to expose himself, his innocence, to the violence of our sinful humanity. And um, we know there was a great exchange on the cross. We know that the way we were meant to live in complete relationship with God has been, has been sabotaged. And Jesus, all that, all that mess that was between us and God and that we had to be judged for, we know that Jesus took it upon himself. We know that Jesus died in our place. And all that mess, Jesus suffered. And because he rose again, amen, he rose again. And because he rose again, we know that we can have new life in his name. We know that you can return to your true identity. Do you know that your life need no longer be marked by selfishness and shame? No longer does it need to be marked by that. No longer does it need to be marked by a sense of unworthiness or a sense of that you're not worthy of love and belonging. No longer does it need to be marked by the mistakes you've made because Jesus has died for you. So that you can return. You can return to the way you were, what you were created for, which is to have a relationship with God, to love Him, and to love your fellow man. That is what Jesus has done for us. The last verse of this chapter says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of His disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written. This is John saying why he's put this together. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in His name. Because of Easter Sunday, there is a new life on offer here. There is a new identity on offer here. You are, we are marked by sin. We are marked by our selfishness. We are marked by shame. And yet, we have an opportunity to do an exchange. We can walk away from the cross forgiven, loved, empowered to be everything that God has called us to be, and we can walk away knowing we are loved by God. We can, that is the hope of Easter Sunday. Mary Magdalene is a fascinating character. We don't know, I mean, tradition, um, sometimes they, they, they portray her, potentially she was a prostitute, potentially there were a lot of things. We don't, we don't exactly know her story, but we know, we know that she had a tough past, just from the little details we know. Um, there is a, just a little thing in Luke's Gospel which say at one point she had seven demons cast out of her. Whatever that looked like, whatever that was, that's, we know that her past was checkered, it was troubled. Um, if you've watched um, her depiction in The Chosen, um, which is a bit, everyone, you know, came out today, the new season, mum's all over it. 
Uh, you know, uh, if you want to watch the new season of The Chosen, great show, very edifying. But um, but they, you know, they've, they've creatively thought through what the story might be behind Mary, but, but we know that she has a past that has been severely marked by selfishness and shame, severely marked by the sin of others and her own sin. We don't know the details, but we know she is broken. We know she was a broken person that came into contact with Jesus, and she'd already experienced Jesus' forgiveness because the Son of God came up to her and said, well, you can follow me. Whatever your, this old life was, she, she could live by And she has. She was one of his main followers. And so we know, and we already know that she'd experienced on some level his redemption because she was allowed to be one of his followers. And she is just clearly in this passage distraught at the loss of her Lord. And, and verse 11 says this now, that Mary stood outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. And you know you're upset when the sight of two angels doesn't seem to move you that much. Like, she's just like, and they asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said. And I don't know where they've put him. And I love this next bit. Come on, it's just such a, it's such a beautiful... I know I don't like this. I remember him preaching on it back in the day. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? He's a bit, he can be, he likes to psych people out sometimes. Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, you tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. And then Jesus said to her, Mary... And she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Don't, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. You know, what is clear as we read the Gospels is there are types of people who see Jesus, isn't there? There are types of people who recognize Him, and there are people who don't. And there's some patterns to the people who recognize them, whether it's a tax collector who wants forgiveness, whether it's a person who needs healing, whether it's, um, you know, someone who needs, who knows their need before God. The, 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 there's this thread of these are people that know their need, and when the Messiah comes, they're like, oh... You know, that they recognize him and, and, they, and they follow him. And certainly, Mary Magdalene fitted that mold. She was someone who knew her brokenness. And she just loved that the Messiah, the Son of God, asked her to follow him and to be one of the, And so she just had this deep love for him already. Um, and what I love, earlier in John's Gospel, come on, you guys know this, this is so cool. I love this. So earlier in God's Gospel, Jesus said he is the good wife. He is the good shepherd. And, and, and the good shepherd's sheep, they know his voice, right? Mary is one of Jesus' sheep. And when Jesus says her name, she knows. She knows straight away. I know the voice. I know the voice of my good shepherd. And she just instantly knows, oh, it's Jesus. It's amazing. She hears her name said by the good shepherd. And, and she is one of those that recognizes the call. And then, like, this, in this little conversation, guys, there's so much. It's so exciting. It's such a great identity exchange. 
This whole thing is huge. I am ascending to my father and your father. Remember, it is crazy, right? Like, how does Jesus look upon his son? This is my son with whom I am well pleased. What do we become when we believe in Jesus? Sons and daughters of God. Jesus has just affirmed this, formal, this woman who had seven demons cast out of her checkered past and said, I'm going to our father because you're, you're his daughter through me. So, so she's now, her identity's gone from, from broken, de demon, full of demons. Now she's forgiven and redeemed. And now she's a daughter of God. Jesus has said, well, I'm going to our father. You know, I'm, he's, he's our father. And it's just crazy what's going on here. God adopts Mary as his daughter. There's a great identity exchange going on. Brokenness, the daughter of God. And the last bit is not made, it's not... We haven't made a big enough deal about it. That in a society where, um, wrongly, the testimony of a woman was undervalued in court. Unbelievable. Not good. And on top of that, here was a woman who had a checkered past, who would have had reputation from that past. And it is just so God. It is just so the way God works. Who did God choose to be an apostle to the apostles? Who did he choose to declare that the son of... Who had the first privilege? Who was the first person empowered to announce that Jesus was alive? Mary Magdalene. It's cool. Come on. That Jesus would commission Mary. Can you be the first one to go and declare that I am alive? It's good. It's good. It's so good. Did I mention it was good? Good. What an identity exchange, hey? She's gone from broken, stuck in sin, to forgiven, loved, commissioned to be the apostle to the apostles, and declared a daughter of God. Now that's an identity exchange. That's swapping one set of labels for another, isn't it? You know, the, the criminal on the cross that, that, that repented at the last minute, his whole life is there, he's on a cross for a reason, he's a, he's a convicted criminal, he's dying in shame, and yet in the last moments of his life, he reaches out to this same Saviour, and he goes from scum on a cross to a Son of God, forgiven, and going to be with paradise with God forever in a moment. It's, an, it's a great exchange of labels, isn't it? And he is. And he also, he didn't know it, but his story was going to be witnessed to the generations for the next 2,000 years. He didn't know that. I reckon in heaven he was, oh, geez, that's a nice bonus. Look at this. It's crazy, right? These broken people that God is commissioning. Peter, the betrayer. He's, well, he's not the betrayer. That's, he's, he's not, that's not his label. But he betrayed Jesus. That was his last memory. His last interaction was to betray the Son of God, to go back on his word. And we know Jesus entrusted him with almost like an, an amazing amount of responsibility in the early church. He, he received God's forgiveness. He was the rock on, the church, on which the church was built. This is a life that is offered to you. You can have life in his name. John said, these are written 
that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and you that by believing you may have life in His name. Friends, we are all sinners. We are all sinners, but that is not where God is calling you to stay. God is not calling you to live under the label of sinner. He is not calling you to live under the label of anxious, unworthy, unlovable, unforgivable, unworthy of love. I could never be forgiven because of A, B, C, useless, not enough, failure, selfish. Um, I'm a, you know, whether you're stuck in anger, you are not called to live under those labels. God is calling you out. And He died for you so that you could come to Him and receive a new identity and live out of a new identity. For me, um, one of the things I've learnt through some painful experiences I was sharing with my mum recently, I'm, I'm more insecure than I realised. I'm, I'm more, I'm more shame-driven than I realised and, and I'm on a bit of a journey of things. And one of the things I need to bring to the feet of Jesus is, so, so a lot of my identity is built up in this, like how I present from the front. And I really have this big part of me, I didn't know about it actually until recently, that, that thinks that if I don't do this well, I'm not worthy of anyone's love. I, I do have the part, a part of me that's driven by that. And, um, and I need to release that, because that's, that's not a good label. That's, that's not something I need to operate from. I need to, because as far as Jesus is concerned, and because of his death on the cross, I am certainly worthy of love and belonging, whether I'm doing an effective job with a microphone or not. And that's something I need to bring to the cross. I need to go, no, 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 I'm not going to define myself by that, by that shameful narrative. I'm going to come and be a son of God and receive the love of the Father, no matter, no matter what, how good a job I'm doing in anything. But Easter Sunday has an invitation for you. Because you too are invited to, to absorb these labels of forgiven, loved, daughter, son of God, commissioned by Him to do His will. These are all things that are on offer for everyone who comes. Everyone who comes. And I'd like you to humor me this morning. We're going to do an activity. Now, I did write on the Facebook thing, to bring a pen, please. I don't know how successful we've been in this world, but you know what? It doesn't matter. The exercise can still be done. Can still be done. What I'm going to do, I'm going to hand you all a piece of paper. We can't take communion um, in this current form. We need to come up with a COVID safe way, but the elements are up the front in here, and there's a wastebasket on the front. So I'm going to give all of you a blank piece of paper. Now, if you have a pen, you can physically write on that paper. If you don't, just jot some words down on your device and imagine that they're on the paper. Same, same effect. Okay, and then what I'd like you to do, I'm just going to play a song, and I'd like you to write on that piece of paper something, a label, or a way you see yourself, or something you're ashamed of, or just something you know that God is encouraging you to leave at the cross and embrace His identity for you instead. It, it, could, it could be anything. It could be a, a sin that you're struggling with. It could be, um, it could be a, 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 a thing you're ashamed about. Or it could be something that you know that, um, you know, something... It's got to be you and God, right? The Holy Spirit needs to bring it up for you. Um, it can be general, it can be specific, but I'd like you this morning to take the opportunity to just, just put something on that piece of paper, whether you do that with a pen or just imagine that it's on there. And then uh, uh, during the song, I'd like you to just come up, look upon the elements, throw the piece of paper into the wastebasket, and then and just walk away um, receiving the identity Jesus has for you.
receiving the identity that you are someone forgiven by him, you are loved by him, and you are his son and daughter. And so I'd just like to, to do that. So I'm going to hand out a piece of paper. Um, actually, I might get some. Can I get a couple of volunteers to hand them out? They're just there, um, if that's all right. Thanks, Kim. Someone help Kim, so it just happens a bit quicker. So, thank you. So, on the piece of paper, just imagine something that you want to leave at the cross. You can write something down if you've got a pen. And then, um, during the song, at any point, you can come up and place that paper in the waste basket. That's what I'm putting in the piece of paper, that I'm worth the love and belonging, um, whether I speak well or not. That's something I want to put in, in, in and leave that at the cross. Um, but you may want to leave something else as well. So I'm just going to play a song on the speaker here. And then after the song, um, I'll pray. And that'll be the end of our Easter service. And it's, and it's participate if you want to as well. So during the song, just at some point during the song, just come and place your piece of paper in the wastebasket. And we'll go from there. Okay. So at any point in the song, you might want to come and place your paper in the basket. And uh, anything that you want to write to leave with the cross this morning... And then we'll pray at the end. In the same way that the criminal on the cross and Mary Magdalene, they were not excluded from the invitation to come to the cross and receive a new identity. And you are not excluded either. So may you, may you know that you can come to Jesus and be forgiven and know you're loved and know you are a child of God and know that He entrusts you. He entrusts you. He entrusts you with His work and fully empowers you to do it. May you know that this morning. Because it's a good Sunday, right? Easter Sunday? Yeah. Absolutely. Because He has risen. Amen. Enjoy the rest of your long weekend. Thank you for coming and celebrating Easter this morning.